0: Welcome to the Montpellier Villa podcast.
1: Hello and welcome to the second episode of the podcast series of The Villa Way, with me, your villa anchor man, Tim Warnford, and your very own Kevin Green. The reason we're recording these podcasts is in order to keep all club members and the wider community up to speed on developments, and also keep communication links open, especially during this COVID lockdown period. Now, there are plans afoot to bring everyone together once all restrictions are lifted. The club is here for you. We're listening to you and we want to encourage you to contact us, give us feedback, send us in questions. And we're going to explore ways in using these podcasts to communicate what's going on with Billa and as a channel for you to come back to us too. Good morning, Kevin. How have you been since last we spoke? Morning, Tim.
0: Yeah, been very well, mate. Um, Trying to keep keep busy, trying to keep... uh... Active. Um, looks like things are getting back to normal or some
1: kind of normality. So, uh, yeah, not too bad, mate. Excellent. Now, Kev, I understand you've got some very exciting news to share with us today.
0: Yeah, I, I think a lot of people kind of uh, have heard over, over lockdown that we've been working on a, a, a new programme um, for the Montpellier Villa Academy. And we wanted to, to start getting that information out now to players and parents and kind of give uh, people some, some of the thinking behind it of why we're doing this. Um, yeah, but we are, we are planning to launch the, the new Montpellier Villa Academy on the 1st of August. Wow, what will that entail? Well, it entails a, a, a new programme for, for the young players. Um, we did a, a thorough review of, of what we call the PDC, the Player Development Centre, last year. And we looked at the way that we did things we wanted to review the, the coaching, the training sessions, the contact time with the ball. And um, having reviewed it and looked at it properly, uh, there were some things that we felt that needed to be changed. Um, and so we've, we've designed this new, new programme that we think that the children will really enjoy and benefit from. Basically the way that we've done it is that we've broken the, the academy down into four sections now. So we are looking at pre-foundation, which um, is under eights. We're looking at foundation, which is all the teams under 12s to under eights. Youth development, under 16 to under 12s. And then we've actually included the uh, the under 18s and under 23s in this into the development uh, stage. Now, those phases have been put together in line with um, the P plan, which is... Uh, a guidance for professional academies, how they should be coaching certain phases um, and certain age groups. So we've taken a bit of a lead from that and looked at a a way of putting together
1: a a training programme for each of those phases. So very, very focused on specific ages and specific advancements of of the players.
0: Absolutely. The the reason being is obviously the way that you will coach um, a seven-year-old is a lot different to how you would coach a 15-year-old. So we've really sort of delved into that and looked at the reason why and the particular phases and what should be happening um, in that particular phase to help the player's development. We've we've also looked at a real sort of player-centered development um, uh, structure as well. So you know, obviously developing teams is very, very important. But what we wanted to do is really delve into looking at ways of, of really improving the individual. Um, so looking at training sessions that really focus on skill uh, based development programs, you know, working on certain aspects of their game that, that are going to hopefully
1: improve them as as footballers. Excellent. So, what what might what might the, the, the change in experience be then when, when, when hopefully you get back to normal pre season? Well, we've tried to be so. So one
0: thing obviously lockdown hasn't been very good for a load of things, but one thing it has allowed us to do is is have a review process, um, and we've had a lot of Zoom calls with with the coaches. So we've included that the whole club in in these kind of conversations. Um, we've done a lot of training exercises over zoom with with the coaches as well Um, so hopefully what we've got now is a more um cohesive kind of message that's going from the from the very little ones all the way up to the first team we've always tried to do to do that but it's i think it was probably done uh in a way that 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 was very loose last last year so we've managed to, you know, kind of all get together and tighten that up a little bit. So um, hopefully that pathway that we've been talking about where players could go from under seven all the way up through the ranks and into the,
1: into the first team is, is genuinely open now. Excellent. So you've kind of got a, a proper structure in, in place now. But before perhaps it was you had the thinking, but you had, actually hadn't been able to put it into, into practice. Well, the main, the main difference we've gone with this year is
0: that after reviewing the training sessions from last year, so the way that we did it with the, the Player Development Centre was, um, what we did is we had a review after every game on a Sunday and we looked at the area that the team was, was maybe not struggling with, but maybe needed to improve. So, for example, it might have been a conversation with the under-12s manager um, and they said to me on a Monday, look, Kev, you know, we did really, really well on the Sunday, on, on the Sunday but, you know, we didn't um, keep possession of the ball particularly well. OK, so we, what we did last year was, OK, well, if we didn't do that particularly well on the Sunday, let's use our training sessions to work on possession of the ball. OK, yep. so having having reviewed that, I went through a lot of the training notes and a tr- lot of the training plans. What what we found was that we were actually covering a lot of the same subjects over and over again. Um, so we wanted to look at a, a, a broader um, sort of offering to, to the children um, to make sure that we're not just concentrating on one particular aspect of the game. We want them to develop in all particular aspects of the game. So, on the back of that, we've decided with a new academy programme is that we um, are going with uh, a different programme that will focus on four things. So the first thing is defending. Um, the next thing is building the attack. Then it's finishing the attack. And then lastly, um, in transition. So we think they are the four key elements of any any game and the way that we want the, the kids to play. Um, so rather than just concentrating on things that we think they need at the time, we're actually going to go over those uh, subjects a number of times over the the course of the season. So we have a 40-week programme in place for for the new academy and we should be able to go over each of those subjects 10 times. Wow.
1: (laughs) Very good. So there'll be an opportunity for them to develop individually and as a team performance insofar as the observations and to make sure that everything fits together. Absolutely. Absolutely. But, you know, it, as I say, it goes back to this review that, you know,
0: we, we possibly maybe concentrated too much last year on on building the attack and finishing the attack. If, if we broke it down into those four subjects, um, I, th- I think it's just a natural thing is it's kind of you, you know, when you have kids in for a, a, a short period of time, you kind of want to put on sessions that that, that they enjoy and they get the most out of. Um, but I think we have to look at ourselves as coaches and make sure that we're giving them the most rounded, you know, football education package we, we possibly can. Um, so, yeah, looking through my notes last, last year, the transition and the defending bit was, I, I think, not overlooked. I think that's a, bit, that's a bit harsh, but I think we concentrated more on other areas. And what we want to do is really develop individuals to be rounded footballers that can be good in, in all aspects of their game. And if we do that, then I think, you know, we naturally will have better teams um, by, by the basis of, of, of we're improving players.
1: Yes, ab- absolutely. Um, it's interesting. Was, was some of the analysis that, that you found that sometimes you got caught cold a little bit after scoring, for example? Is that, is that yeah. one of the drivers for it? So, again... Uh, so- uh, it's, well, it, again, again I, I don't think it's, there's
0: actually a dr- sort of emergency driver to this in terms of gameplay or anything like that. I just think we we reviewed and said, look, how are we going to be better for, for the children? You know, what are we going to do differently that's going to make them um, uh, individually better? And I just think this programme just gives them the opportunity to develop more skills, which should in turn, make them, make them better, better players. Um, part of the, the review process that we, we did as coaches, we actually um, we looked in depth at, at the Athletic Bilbao model in Spain and also the Belgium um, national, the FAE model over there, what they've done over there in terms of developing sort of players. Now, if anybody knows anything about Athletic Bilbao, they're they a very unusual club in that they only pick players from the Basque region of of Spain. What sort of unique challenge that gives them is that they've got a very limited pool of of players um, to develop. So they've developed this this academy system that is unbelievably good at at developing professional, not not just professional, but top, top top-level professional players. Um, You know, they have this role in place... And unbelievably, they've never been relegated from La Liga. You know, the only two other teams that have never been relegated from La Liga is Barcelona and Real Madrid. So, you know, to develop these players and stay where they have been for so long is is quite incredible. Um, 80% of their current first-team squad has come from their academy, which is, if you put that into context, that's like Brighton just picking players from Sussex. Um, and... You know, and then staying in the top, top division for the whole of that time. So it's quite a unique, um, uh, unique thing. So we've looked at that model in detail as a group of coaches and said, you know, what are they doing that is so right to p- keep producing these players? And one of the stats we found is that they've had at least, um, since 1990, they've had at least three academy players come through each year that has played more than 12 games in a season that's an unbelievable stat. It's, you know, it's, it's quite incredible. So it just shows you the work that they're doing um, in their academy is, is leading to producing players with the, with the Belgium FA model, um, which is something that we're, we're quite similar to in, in many ways in what we're trying to do. Um, they, uh, they really concentrate on, on the individual player. They concentrate on develop, developing skills at a very young age and they, concentrate on 1v1s 2v2s um, at the what we're calling the pre-foundation age so again we looked at that and said okay what are they doing that's right how can we learn some lessons of that and and try and implement it into our program so yeah that was that was a, a really really useful conversation we had as a group of coaches um and we tried to take a few things from that that we could add to our program and, and as I say,
1: hopefully the players will will get the benefit out of that in the, in the future. Yeah, it's interesting as far as when you, when you draw from a small pool, um, obviously there are some restrictions, but I guess there are other advantages in as so far as making, make it, bringing together a real team effort and making it easier to communicate the good for everyone. So you obviously need to develop the individuals, but it's also part of that culture, isn't it? Which I guess is something else that you're rolling out.
0: Absolutely. absolutely. Um, you know, it's... The, the philosophy of the club is is very very unique, really. Um, in terms of grassroots football, and I, I know we've gone over my experiences in Spain and, and Norway before, but you know we've. I, I still believe in in England. We have a very very strong academy level um, system in place with, with the professional clubs, but our grassroots football is still somewhat behind Germany, Holland spain norway you know we're, we're we're behind um and that comes down to you know the clubs at grassroots level being able to provide the facilities first first of all um you know every club you go to in spain it's a 3g pitch and it's you know they've got access to that three four times a week and etc etc um and also then you know the access to to good coaching now Fortunately at Villa, because of our relationship with the University of Sussex, we actually have access to these facilities and we have access to good coaches. So we're in a bit of a unique uh, situation. So we do understand that this academy programme, there are probably people saying in there going, well, you know, I, I want my son just to play, a, you know, have a, a training session a week, play with his friends and play on a Sunday. And we totally get that, and that's absolutely everybody's right. Um, there's plenty of clubs out there that provide that that opportunity. What we're trying to be is just that step up in terms of offering um, a football package that the children can enjoy first and foremost they have to enjoy it. you know they want to you know there's no point in them being on the football pitch if they don't don't enjoy it. Um, but it also gives them the opportunity to try and improve. Um, now I'm not, not promising anybody's gonna be a professional footballer or anything like that because we know that, that, that the numbers is, I mean it's virtually impossible to become a professional footballer. But what we want to provide is an education um, sort of platform in football that is gonna provide a, you know, a good platform where they can improve, they can learn, they can improve their life skills and hopefully when they finish with Montpellier Villa, whenever that is, they'd look back at it and go, do you know what? That was, that was really, really good.
1: It was a good experience for life, wasn't it? It, it seems to me that you're, the other thing that, that you're in, in, investing in is, um, is making them more thoughtful footballers as well, aren't you? You're going you're gonna to encourage them to obviously exploit their natural talents. But it also seems to be that there's a structure in place, a development in place, so they can actually think more about the game. Oh, absolutely. I mean, for me,
0: I mean, what I learned in Spain was that, you know, at a grassroots level, the kids are coming in Monday, Wednesday, Friday nights training hour and a half of time and they're playing Saturdays and the games are never called off because of the weather. You know, when I was there, I think we had one game in six years. So, you know, if you look at that contact time with the ball and being in the group mm. as, a, as a whole and, you know, spending time with their friends, you know, they, they develop very, very quickly. Very quickly, um, you know the the academy system in Spain. They're actually because the grassroots football is is very close to academy football. They're actually very confident in leaving players in that system so that they can develop with their friends and everything else. Here, here we've created a, this 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 system, and I I don't know if it's by necessity. Pro- probably is to be honest with you that the pro clubs have said, look, you know we. Because of the facilities, because of the coaching available, we can't leave players. we can't take the chance of leaving them in in the grassroots clubs. you know um, obviously there's there's a money factor behind that as well that clubs are desperate to not miss the next big thing and things like that. I think that's that's a bit of a problem, but that's another another thing altogether. But what they've done is they've you know put the programs together and they've brought them into the clubs early um, and they kind of locked them into the clubs now. If you take Harland, for example, the guy who's banging in goals left, right and centre for Borussia Dortmunds. In Norway, they actually his parents made the, the decision to not sign for a pro club until he was 16. So they, they knew that the grassroots football was good enough. Mm. They knew he had a, a very, very good coach. And they knew that was the best place for him to develop. So they left him there. Obviously, he then went on to sign for a pro club. He's now at Borussia Dortmund, and got every major club in in Europe chasing him. So you know, it's the academy system doesn't always have to be the the right way. Um, but in in England, my point being is that it's just a little bit too far away from the academy system for for that to be a, an effective tool to really really develop young players. So this is this is my point: is that we're just what we're trying to do is, is maybe just go up a level to bridge that gap. So it's, it's a more um, rounded education uh, package for the, for the kids. Um, you know, as I say, we're not promising they're going to be pros or anything else, but what we want to do is develop them to, to a standard that they can hopefully go to play at
1: the highest level possible that they can play. Absolutely. And one of our, as the other things that we've discussed about is, again, putting that infrastructure in place. One of the things that you have alluded to and we've discussed before is actually having the right facilities, isn't it?
0: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, we're, we're very lucky. Um, obviously, we've got two, two three B, 3G pitches at, at the university. Um, the grass pitches are, are, are the best in the county. So, you know, they're, they're able to play football the right way, which again is, is in my opinion, it, it helps with their f- football development. Um, you know, so they can actually try things on the pitch. Um, obviously, they have, still have to deal with going to other places, so you know, and, and playing on lots of nice park pitches, so they learn that part of the game as well. So, you know, uh, the facilities are great. We're, we're really, really lucky. Um, obviously, with the under-18s, under-23s and the first team for next season, we're moving into Culver Road at Lansing, um, which, again, is a nice stadium uh, 3G pitch. So, it allows us to play football the right way. Um, and, you know, we're, we're putting together this philosophy that sits throughout the whole club. So the way that they're learning, hopefully when they get to under 18s, under 23s, first team level, that they can just come in and, and slot into the system and and sort of help us with our ambition of, of trying to get Montpellier Villa up the, up the non-league um, pyramid as well.
1: Absolutely. So I guess to, to wrap up, after the, the disappointments of the end of the season and obviously the frustrations of COVID, it's wonderful yeah. that, that you've been so proactive during that downtime. And, you know, that there is a bright future, isn't there? Well, we think so, yeah. I mean, we're, we're dying to get back out on
0: the, on the training pitch. Um, we've been able to do that in a sort of socially distanced uh, manner. Um, you know, it, it, it's, a, it's a little frustrating, I'm sure, for the players as well that, you know, we can't do what we want to do, but at least they're getting some kind of football at the moment after three months off, you know, it, it's like anything when there's, um, you know, when there's a problem like that, you can look at it as two ways. We can, we can sit and sulk about it, or we could, you know, make sure that we're ready to go again. And, and I think we've used the time really, really wisely. Um, the programme we've put together, we're really excited about, and I think the kids are, are, are get a lot out of it.
1: Um, so, you know, we just want to sort of crack on now, really. Exactly. And just again, just to, to reiterate, you know, the club appreciates that there have been these disappointments and these frustrations. You're determined to move on in a positive fashion and back to winning ways again. And just to, again, to, to reiterate that the channels are open. You know, you guys are there. If, if anyone's got any questions, or they want to talk about, get stuff off their chest or talk about the future plans to contact you guys. Absolutely. I, I, I
0: mean, we, we, the reason for doing this is we want to try and um, get the, the communication lines open to parents, the players and everything. Um, I think pretty much everybody knows me. Um, so, you know, if they want to WhatsApp me, ring me, whatever it is, then feel free to do so. Um, you know, the rest of the coaches, I know, are all very, very approachable and very, very open to our ideas as well. So, you know, if, if you've got any comments... Um, even even if you think there's some concerns with this, then obviously speak to your coaches. Um, but, you know, we're excited to get going now. Excellent. Kev, thank you. Always a pleasure. Take okay, care, mate. All right, mate. Thank you, mate.